What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Paranormal Girl Podcast. I am your host, Kristen. As promised, I've got something a little different prepared for you guys today. Something a little out of my wheelhouse, you might say. My guests left me completely fascinated with the topic that we are discussing today, and they just left me wanting to know more. So I'm so excited to share this with you guys. Before we get to this fascinating conversation, next week... You guys, next week, I have once again been invited by the tenacious, the intelligent, the brutally curious, the gobsmackingly professional Christina Gomez to join her on her new live stream show, Top 5. Top 5. You may have previously seen me on her show, Shifting the Paradigm, or on her show, Strange News Weekly. She puts out a lot of good shows. <laughs> um, if you have not seen either of those episodes, never fear. I've got links for both in the show notes for you to easily access, and it will take you over to YouTube. And while you're over on YouTube, sub to her channel. I'm telling you, you're going to want to. Some of the guests that she has had on in the past. Oh, my gosh. So good. She has been joined by the likes of Mike Ricksecker, Avi Loeb, Lou Elizondo, Brandon Fugel, and Kristen Amanda. <laughs> just, uh, you know, just a, a bunch of us heavy hitters and experts in the field, just just chilling together over there. <laughs> no biggie. Uh, I, I, I don't have imposter syndrome in the slightest, <laughs> just so you know. Okay. But uh, yes. I will be live streaming with Christina. That show is airing Tuesday, April 25th, 3 p.m. Pacific. That is 3 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. Eastern. I will put the link up on my socials for you to tune in and watch, but just save the date, my friends. Save the date. You know how easy it is to forget, get caught up with other things. I get it. I got you, but save that date. Uh, Let's do a quick shout out to our friends over at Manscaped, and then we are going to get to my guests. The leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming have already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code PNG to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. My partner recently stocked up on his beard shampoo. He loves the stuff. 
But uh, you would think that the aliens were invading uh, soon with how much he got. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's, it's coming. They're coming. And he is going to be entirely prepared to fight the Zeta Reticulans in style, yo. Something that he really appreciates about the beard shampoo is that it is paraben-free. And this is something that he would take into consideration anyway with any hygiene product. It's very important to him. Parabens can cause a lot of damage. And the beard shampoo is free of them. <laughs> Yay! It's, it's also sulfate-free. It is dye-free. It has been dermatologically tested for sensitive skin, along with all of the other formulations that are included in the kit. And uh, it's, it's a really good choice for someone who takes these kinds of things into consideration, for someone who thinks about their beard health. So I just wanted to highlight that. But also, scents can play a big role in our choices especially with something that is being applied so close to your snoot, right? The beard shampoo scent is very nice. And I, I think I have spoken to this before, but it bears repeating. It is scented with eucalyptus, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. Ooh, sounds like it smells nice, right? Uh, Lee and I both... I, I know this. In the past, in our dark, dark past, we have used products <laughs> too close to our snoots that, uh, that would just make your eyebrow hair stand straight up or jump off your face and fall off. But the shampoo, it, it's subtle, it smells fresh, and it smells clean. Just simple. Love it. So... Just some of the things that you can consider if uh, if you have never tried any of the formulas, you know, you haven't yet tried them, or if you were thinking about trying some of those formulas or the shampoo, um, this is your sign. This message was meant to find you. Ooh. So go give it a try and save 20% off and get free shipping when you use code PNG at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using code PNG at checkout. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Today, I am joined by the hosts of the Bigfoot Influencers podcast, Tim and Dana Halloran. Their show, airing weekly on the Untold Radio Network, explores and deep dives the Bigfoot phenomenon and is complementary to the book, The Bigfoot Influencers, written by Tim. Within this publication and on their show, you will find compelling and entertaining conversations with notable influencers in the Bigfoot community, such as Dr. Jeff Meldrum, David Ellis, Les Stroud, and... Ron Moorhead. Whether you are an enthusiast or a seasoned investigator, there's something for everyone in the Bigfoot Influencers. Please enjoy my conversation with Tim and Dana Halloran. Hey, Dana. 
And I'm probably the one who got us all started in this in the beginning. Um, I've always been super interested in the subject. Um, Tim and I have four boys and um, there was a period of time where I was, you know, staying at home and really focused on our youngest who we used to just sit around and watch Finding Bigfoot and be really super excited about it. And I'm thinking, you know what, Gabriel, one day we're going to go on an expedition. We're going to go on a Bigfoot conference. We're going to do all this stuff. And so, you know, obviously that didn't happen right away. But eventually I convinced him to take me to um, a Bigfoot conference. And we just basically just um just kind of like yeah like just oozed into everybody like we just really connected well with everybody we made some great friends um actually got to meet dr jeff meldrum um on that and it was just crazy how um because he was like my rock star you know like man crush so maybe, or let's say professor yeah. crush right? maybe explain because you're my man yeah, crush yeah, yeah, baby yeah. but <laughs> explain who dr meldrum is so dr jeff meldrum is the leading probably the leading, most well-known researcher, Bigfoot researcher in the country. Um, he's a, press, a professor at um, Idaho State University. He um, teaches anthropology. He specializes in um, bipedal locomotion. Um, so he's like a serious dude. You'll see him on a lot of Bigfoot documentaries. He's um, the ac academic when it comes to the, 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 he's the face of academia in Bigfoot now. Yeah. Right. I guess would be the way. Yeah. Definitely. That's a great way to put it, baby. Thank you. So, <laughs> so here we are, we arrived at the Ohio Bigfoot conference and, you know, we rented a cabin, but we had to go into the lodge to check in. And so I'm just so, so excited to be there. Okay. And, you know, Tim's like, whatever, because he didn't, <laughs> he's not that into it. And so we're standing in line to go check in and I see Dr. Jeff checking in too. Oh my God. I mean, it's like, just imagine like the most famous person that you just absolutely love and think is so awesome and seeing them. So I'm like, oh my God, Tim, oh my God, don't move. He's like, what? <laughs> don't move. I'm like, it's Dr. Jeff. And, and I don't care. I mean, I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's like, I'm going to go over and talk to him. And I'm like, no, no, don't. Because Tim is like just so bold. And so he goes over and he starts talking to him. And so, yeah. So then I go over and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm your number one fan. Like some crazy <laughs> psycho girl. <laughs> and he's like, okay. But later on. Sure he didn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. so cool. He's like the coolest dude ever. And so. Then we just got led into like getting to know everybody else. We got invited to this, um, you know, exclusive VIP party where Cliff uh, Barack Barrickman was there from Finding Bigfoot and Bobo as well. And Dr. Jeff was there too. And so we just kind of really got to know everybody on a human level and just got to hear like, you know, I got to like hang out with Dr. Jeff on the porch of this party. It was like talking to God and asking him <laughs> anything I ever wanted to know about Bigfoot. <laughs> and it was awesome. So during that 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 trip oh, to Ohio sorry. to the conference, Tim got a good taste of what Bigfoot is all about. Bigfoot is not a joke. Bigfoot is not a a, a, a dude in a you know beef jerky commercial. You know, these things really exist. And so that's how I got into the subject. Um and how about you, Tim? Why don't you tell everybody about you? 
Oh yeah. So hey. Yeah, yeah he exists. Yeah, follow that, Tim. <laughs> I, know, what, I mean, how do I follow that? I don't know if I can. So, so yeah. Well, I'm Tim for the audience who who probably hasn't figured it out yet, but they have. Uh, yeah. So it was. I think that event. You know, like everyone, you see the you you see the famous footage that was filmed in October of 1967 uh, called the Patterson Gimlin film. And I think everyone has seen that in the world, and it's the most famous Bigfoot footage there is uh, to date. And and actually, probably most people think the best, most authentic one. Uh, and then you, but beyond that, I was you know I was always open minded, but wasn't really my thing. I was like, okay, this is cool, but whatever. So yeah, we get to this conference, and I think what got me, Kristen, was um, we're sitting there, we're listening to these speakers, and there's a bunch of wonderful speakers there, and. Um, Listening to Dr. Jeff Meldrum was like, I said, wow, there's actually a, a, a scientist, you know, with a PhD who studies this. And I said, well, if, and and listening to him, he's so articulate and so just so educated about the subject. And this is especially, I said, that there's so mate, I scratched my head. I said, there's got to, wow, if there's a, there's a scientist involved with this, maybe there's something to this whole Bigfoot thing. And then, uh, then some of the other speakers that were there again, someone like a, a Cliff Barrickman, who's so detail oriented and he spent his, his good portion of his life studying footprints and casting footprints and just educating the public and enthusiasts about this. And, and, uh, it was I just it just got me into it. So that's kind of how we started. Yeah. And I'm I'm just gonna add one little thing about the footprints. And I think that's probably the most compelling evidence that I think we really started to understand when we started delving into this subject is that the you know, like one one of those questions that I asked Dr. Jeff, I said, you know, like when I was I felt like I was asking God questions. <laughs> Was I asked him, I said, so Dr. Jeff, do you really believe in the existence of Bigfoot? And he said to me, you know, believing is something that you have to do when you don't have evidence. Mm. It's like faith, you know, when you don't have, but these footprints make me believe, make me know that there is something out there making these footprints. And from these footprints, they can estimate size, weight, um, individuals, these footprints that are being made are not fake. They have dermal ridges. They have particularities um, that a person couldn't fake, like even a podiatrist couldn't fake. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, there's something out there making the footprints. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I got to say, uh, Dr. Jeff's interview, you guys got to talk to him on your show one of my all-time favorite episodes so far that I've listened to, you guys, he is absolutely fascinating. I get what you're saying, Dana. It, it's like, it, it is, it's like, it's like listening to, you know, you know, God, or it's an expert, you know, in mm -hmm. the field and the fact that he is so smart and so academic and mm -hmm. it is not about belief anymore for him. He knows. And mm -hmm. like, and we're talking about the, the footprints, the part of the interview where he is going into detail, into depth about these footprints. And I've just never thought about it that deeply before that there are all of these ways that you can, you know, cast the footprint and see, you know, de designate it, uh, you know, aside from or apart from like a prankster, you know, doing the same thing, just putting footprints in there to, I don't know, lead people off into the woods for no good reason. But there are specific details to these footprints 
that are very compelling, like the dermal ridges, you know, and, and him just going into like, yeah, this part is flat because of this. And there's like the, you know, the, <laughs> the bend, you know, that's like, it, that's very important too. Break, yeah. Yeah. What they call it, yeah. Yeah. So that was a fantastic episode. You guys have cool. uh, some really incredible guests on the show throughout though. I, I couldn't believe it as I was just listening, going through it, like, holy cow, Eli Watson. Like I, I, you know, I've heard of small town monsters, you know, I've heard of that mm -hmm. and uh, less, um, Oh gosh. Oh, I can't remember the other one. Stroud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. But yeah, talk about your, your guests uh, that you've had thus far to date. Like who've been some of your favorites? Um, maybe some, some cool stories, something I that can... just maybe i'll start kristen on, on on and i feel bad i don't know because there's I, so many awesome people yeah, that we've interviewed yeah, yeah, yeah it's and I, so hard i don't and, mean and to be so overwhelming fortunate. with the question yeah. <laughs> well i was fortunate because i was i was fortunate enough that that many of the i think when we started off the podcast uh i already had interviewed a good group of them in the book so i they already trusted me they already knew knew you know knew our style mm -hmm. and they knew it was I hate to say it was easy, but it's, it's kind of easy to get them on podcasts. And, mm -hmm. and I know there's some people out there that have a challenge getting in touch with some, but just because I already knew who they were, we already had rapport, some of our friends and it was easy, it was easy to get them because they, they, they were, they already agreed to be in the book. So there's like, Eli was not in, in the first book and Eli's mm -hmm. great. Eli's mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And something but, I have to say about Tim is Tim is a great um, connector he is amazing at connecting with people. Um, he follows up with people. He just clicks with people. And I think, I mean, I think oh, I'm pretty good oh too. Gosh, like I'm friendly and chatty and everything like that. But just Tim has a a really good way of fig of finding out how to connect to people. Um, and the and, you know, he wrote the book. Um, and Tim, his, you know, if you want to show his book real quick, oh, can he? Sure. Look Tim at, Tim wrote the book. Pitch. I did not write this book, okay? <laughs> but from going to these conferences and seeing how many different types of researchers there are, there was no kind of nothing, not a website, not a book, nothing where kind of like pulled Tim has like basically like a reference of mm -hmm. everybody who's doing everything in the world of Bigfoot. And so that was something that was really cool. And so we took from his book we're doing the podcast. Um, and it's the same thing. It's be, we are not the influencers. We are interviewing the inter influencers and yes, we are involved mm -hmm. in going to conferences and, and there probably is an expedition in our future. So as soon as I learn how to sleep outside, <laughs> <laughs> which we we're, we're going to try this weekend. <laughs> I mean, we're outdoorsy, yeah. like we love hiking and just being outside and traveling and all that stuff. But like, sleeping outside mm. is like a whole different ball game for you yeah. oh yeah for me i, I, yeah. I grew up so, in montana it's overrated but okay <laughs> i wish, I'm gonna I wish try you it. luck <laughs> i'm gonna try it but um so so you were saying oh yeah some so, of our Kristen asked some of our favorite yeah oh wow um i mean i mean um les stroud was pretty cool i mean because les stroud so so the interesting about les stroud is les stroud's you know everybody in the book, not except not everybody, but the most of the folks in the book are 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 around the subject of Bigfoot, and and if like Cliff Barrickman will tell you, he's he told us he said, you know what's nice? He, Cliff says I can go to the grocery store and nobody knows who I am, so he can get away from that public eye. But once he's in a Bigfoot world, everybody knows who Cliff. He's humongous. Mm -hmm. Right. But Les was the one person that pretty much is probably 
bigger outside of the Bigfoot world than he's inside the Bigfoot world. So though he did do a couple. Oh, of he did. He has his documentary. documentaries about Bigfoot. Yeah, he right. has Survivor Man Bigfoot. Right. So right. he's he is still big in the subject, but he's 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 at, he's bigger. He's big outside the subject too. So he's more of a household name for those who are not Bigfoot enthusiasts. So. Les was cool. And Les, I think Les' interview was was really cool for me. It was really easy, yeah. too, because mm -hmm. Les is used to being on television. Mm -hmm. He's used to keeping his answers short. He's used to, to like, squeezing in as much goodness in one answer. So he was really easy in that sense. Um, but for some surprises, like yeah. for me, I was surprised how much I liked Ron Moorhead. Mm -hmm. So Ron Moore, um, just for your audience, Ron Moorhead is um, a researcher um, who I guess he's most famous for his um, Sierra Sounds. Sounds recording, which is some Bigfoot chatter, which is totally freaky. From 1971 or 72, I think it was. And so. I mean, the crazy thing for me as somebody who taught English as a second language and also speaks another language fluently, you could just tell it's a language. It's not just somebody going, blah, 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 blah. do you know, like, mm -hmm. and the sounds that are being made are just sounds that don't even seem like a human could make them out of all the craziest languages around the world. So, and also Ron is just like a really cool person and he is, he does delve into uh, Bigfoot being a, not so much a biological creature as maybe a paranormal creature that oh. can kind of come in and come out of uh, possibly, um, I don't know, wormholes. Yeah, or, quantum physics, he thinks. Yeah. Not warm, yeah, maybe. But so it, not a lot of people in the Bigfoot world agree with him. Okay. But he's well-respected. He is well-respected. Yeah. And um, so I, I think that he was probably my most eye-opening interview. Yeah, and we've had a lot of fun ones, too. I mean, yeah. Um, Gosh, I mean, just fun was Diane Stocking was fun. Yeah, she was fun. She's uh, she's she's been she's uh, one of the she's been around for a long time. Yeah, there's not a lot of female. I mean, it's still a man's world. I you know, and I'm going to say as a man, it's just if you look around and there's more. I think it's right. exciting to see more. But there's a lot of there's there's a lot of female uh, researchers and individuals that some are passed away that that have been around for a long time have been into this subject for 20 30 plus years and mm -hmm. and and so it's refreshing to to see that but it's um so Diane's was fun because she's uh she's kind of no bs with her right and right. she's but she and she's she worked through all that and raised kids and 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 is out there and ha just had a lot of fun interviewing. Just, it's hard to say. It I think is we, hard. We, Even the guys yeah. out in Area X. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, there's just so much. We could go on and on. Every single interview has been great. So. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm so glad that you said that. I I, I was trying to think. I was like, what was I going to ask him? That was really important. Yeah, Area X mm. is mentioned uh, a couple of times throughout the podcast. I have never heard of this before. Would you tell us about that? What is that? You want me to start? Yeah. yeah. So, do. so there's an organization. So, in, so in in the in the the Bigfoot community or, or the world, there's there's different research groups. Uh, the most the most famous uh, research group is the the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, the BFRO, which was founded by Matt Moneymaker. And that's he kind of that was groundbreaking. I mean, he he created the and that's still the standard. And and then but then there's now there's other groups out there too. And there's other groups that don't really have they have different purposes. 
And there's a group in uh, southeast Oklahoma, uh, northeast Texas, called the North American Wood Ape Conservancy. And that's those are the people who are involved in Area X. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So 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 they um, they they get out in the woods and and they designated they had three research areas and they just for some reason they did X, Y, and Z. <laughs> that's why it came Area X. So it sounds it's really cool. It just happened to be X. So Area X is a is a place in the the I'm going to pronounce this wrong though. The Quachita Mountains in in southeast Oklahoma, and very rural. Um, really hard to get to. Yeah, maybe they they feel maybe the most rural the most rural place when in on the in the East Coast. Yeah, like and, you literally need like a four wheel drive vehicle in order to get there. There's wow. no cell phone service, um, no electricity, no running water. So, um, yeah, what is oh so area X so so area X is the area where they've had the most activity. So they focus a ton of their activity that the North American Wood Ape Conservancy or the NAWAC. And um, they've had, they'll go into that area and they have teams that go in uh, for, for six or seven weeks or longer. But, maybe but each 12. team stays for about a week. Mm -hmm. So, so their, their idea behind this was to always have someone there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of sightings occur with, you know, hikers, fishermen, hunters, they're out there. They see a Bigfoot. I mean, your chances of seeing a Bigfoot another time in your life is basically like getting struck by lightning twice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. not going to happen. So these guys wanted to diminish those odds um, in an area where they were getting frequent sightings. So they came up with a plan that between May and November or May and October, mm -hmm. they would have one, t at least one team of people there for one week. And then the next team would come in that way. They would always have people in that area for a span of six months. And so over those six months, they have activity. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's some weeks that go by mm -hmm. where there's no activity, but there's, we've had, there's some pretty crazy stories, um, especially from, um, Daryl or Kathy. Kathy yeah. yeah. Kathy strain was on our podcast and you guys can still listen to that episode and Kathy's, um, experience. She actually saw two of them chase them. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't the only person that saw them because there were other people there. They were sitting around the fire pit and, um, but she was the crazy one who actually got up and ran after them. Oh, wow. They were probably like two, like one was like a teenager, maybe one was a little smaller. Um, but yeah, they're relating to she, she thinks they it wasn't a full adult. So, right. Yeah. But I mean, or just like the stories that come out of there is just like rock throwing, um, growling vocalizations. Um, just, just a ton. Yeah. Kind of, that's my goal. Let's my goal is to. <laughs> get used to sleeping outside and <laughs> get used to, to rocks being thrown at you. Yeah. Well, we're going to be sleeping in my Jeep. Yeah. Because I'm not sleeping in a tent. We're just going to like convert the Jeep into okay, like, yeah. and then we can like have lunch and eat and cook in the tent. But at nighttime, my butt is going to be in the Jeep. <laughs> You're like, click, click. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's also like mountain lions and bears there mm -hmm. and you're in the middle of nowhere. So like, basically, I think they said you have to drive about two hours before you get cell service. So, uh, something like yeah, that. I mean, yeah. it's pretty crazy, girl. Something happens yeah. and, you know, I mean, there's a satellite phone, but, you know, who's coming to get you? So, yeah. but that, that would be my fate. And we've been invited. Mm -hmm. I would love to do that. But yeah, so just 
just the stories that come out of there are just amazing. Yeah, we've yeah. had a few, you know, a few, few of them were in the book. Uh, Kathy and Bob Strain, Daryl Collier, Matt Pruitt, who's a good friend of mm -hmm. ours and helped me with the book. If it wasn't for Matt Pruitt, I probably wouldn't have written the book. He's a cool dude. And uh, and then we've interviewed Mike Mays, who's not in the first book, but he'll be in the second book. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just it's just when you hear these individuals, I think there's there, say, you know, for example, if there's a hundred individuals involved actively in in that group. Why would, I think this is what scratches my head. Why would there be a hundred people and I'm just throwing that number out that would spend time and money to go down to this area and, and, and research if, if there wasn't, if they really didn't, if, you know, why would they, you, you couldn't get a hundred people to do that if this thing wasn't, there wasn't something out there going on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If there's no there, there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, so Dana, you mentioned, okay, things like rock throwing, things like the chatter, uh, things like, you know, the footprints that you can see. What, um, does, how, how would somebody know that they're having an actual encounter? rather than, oh, there, there's just a bear rustling around in the brush yeah. over there or something. Because I think that happens. That happens a lot. Yeah. There's misidentification. You know, you see like a large furry brown thing off in the distance. Mm -hmm. And I think, the, I think the thing that sticks out for us from listening to even witnesses' stories is that it's walking on two feet. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. The bipedal thing is just the thing that I think sticks out for most people is, yes, bears can walk on two feet because, you know, we've all seen them do that in the circus or trying to like get, you know, honey out of a beehive from a tree. We've seen them do that. But to like walk like a long distance on by, you know, as they're running away right. to get away. Right. So I think that's definitely yeah. the thing that sticks out most. Um, and also like in going to these conferences, I can remember Dr. Jeff Meldrum doing a little uh, seminar where he was trying to teach everybody the difference between a bear and a Sasquatch. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, or the difference between a moose and a Sasquatch. From what, foot, a footprint standpoint. Footprint standpoint. And also from what they yeah. look like, do you know, like, mm -hmm. obviously bears have like a long nose. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sasquatches do not. They have more of a face like us or like any other primate, like a mm -hmm. flat face. Um, and, you know, there's just certain like details about a Sasquatch that you need to be on the lookout for. But from most hearing from most of our witnesses and researchers, I like I said before, the thing that sticks out is the fact that they're on two legs, the fact that they are so large. Mm -hmm. So eight, nine feet tall. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that they're very elusive. I think also for someone who made one, you know, going back to the rock throws, uh, Kristen, is what what throws rocks? And and sometimes they're fist sized rocks. We just had uh, Todd Prescott on, on our show last week, mm -hmm. past week. And, and yeah, what can throw a, a fist sized rock? You know, there's not much out there. I don't think there's anything, even a, a bear doesn't throw rocks. Don't, they don't have, I don't think they don't we have, have anything. what they call, yeah. you know, yeah. they don't have thumbs. So. Funds. Yeah, I don't think there's anything in North America, any animal. It's either a human or a, or, or, a, or a Sasquatch. Yeah, it's got to have that, the, mm -hmm. the ability to grab it. Yeah. And throw. And too. launch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think that raccoons do that. Do you know? And right. even like these rocks are like, huge rocks do mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. what's throwing the rocks a right. person right that's out in the middle of oklahoma that you have to get to by and by you know a four-wheel drive and not knowing and have no cell yeah. service 
not know if the, if the people that you're throwing rocks at have guns and might shoot you. <laughs> I mean, right. Who's doing that? Yeah. You know, those are things that are wild. Uh, The audio, I guess, you know, it's owls make weird noises, coyotes, fox. uh, But but a lot of the there's audio specialists, too, that will study the sounds and they can rule out, you know, they you know, David Ellis is one of them that we've had on on the show. Kenny Brown, um, the individual that studied the Sierra sounds is a crypto linguist who worked for the Navy. Um, and they've studied the, this audio and, and they, 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 there's nothing in the database of anything in North America that makes these sounds. So yeah. that's something else. If someone's out that, if you know, there's a, if it's a howl or a whoop or, or the chatter, there's just uh hopefully, you know, I'm not sure if I'd be thrilled if I heard that. <laughs> no I think words, it's but... <laughs> distinctive when you have that experience. Yeah. Like yeah. even like I'm, you know, I'm not really up on the, you know, um, ghost phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I don't really know much about it, but I mean, I would think it's pretty clear that if you've like taken the batteries out of your Elmo doll and it continues to talk, <laughs> that mm-hmm. that's a ghost. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think I saw that on some like, you know, documentary or something. I was like, oh yeah, I would be out of that house. So it's like, right. it's pretty, I think it's pretty clear when you, when you roll up on a, on a Sasquatch. Yes. I'm sure there are definitely moments of misidentification. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, and then I guess the other thing that stands out is people feel they, we hear a lot that they have, they feel like they're being watched mm-hmm. and their, their hair stands up and, or they get the feeling of the, the other Dread. feeling of like what they, what they don't know what's related to. They say could be something related to, um infrasound possibly but they get this feeling of i gotta get out of here mm-hmm. something's not right here and they just want to leave and oh, we wow. hear that a lot from people we talk to mm-hmm. so that's interesting too and we've never i've never had an experience out in the woods obviously so why don't you explain to everybody what infrasound is sure I'll do all that. right go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so so infrasound is i guess there's some animals that have it um lions lions uh elephants mm-hmm. have infrasound and and it's a it's a it's a sound that emits that we can't hear from our, our audio or from the way ours are here, but it, it's more of a, how would you explain it? Like a vibration. A vibration. And it, and it just, uh, I think some predator animals use it to stun their prey, mm-hmm. to give them a few seconds to, um, to, you know, get on, you know, attack them, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know that. if you've ever watched those shows where I, it's like a, it's like a show that used to be really popular where, where like they're, they're, they're like, I think it's like, I'm not trying to like pick out any country in particular, but I think it's like Japanese whalers. And mm-hmm. then there's these like Greenpeace guys that are trying to like save the whales. And then the Japanese like have like this big, like a uh, bullhorn thing that emits this sound that we can't hear, but it makes us feel sick. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's okay. there's an actual, I mean, I think they've done this before at the, some embassy, mm-hmm. I think in the Caribbean, where uh, an American embassy was attacked with this type of, I can't remember yeah. the, the name of it, but it's something similar. The, the military, mm-hmm. there's, there's been militaries that have studied, and I guess maybe law enforcement, how to use infrasound for crowd control, too. Right. So, so it's not a sound so... So a lot of witnesses have experienced not or just feeling dread or they shouldn't go any further. Um, even um, uh, Kathy, uh, uh, no, Kathy Stock, um, uh, Diane Stocking. Yep. And this is like a hard curl, a hardcore bad mama jamma. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's not like a Dana who's afraid to sleep out in the woods. Girlfriend <laughs> is like fierce and strong, afraid of nothing. And she 
she was investigating um, a witness sighting and was walking down a path or a road mm-hmm. or something, if I remember, and all of a sudden just got this dread feeling and she decided to turn around, which is oh. like, what? Because okay. this is the girl that yeah. you want with you when you're in a bar fight. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when she said that, I was like, okay. So that's something else that people mention. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. I, when you said people feel dread, I was like, oh, wow, well, that's something else I have never heard, but I have heard plenty of stories where people talk about this very unwelcome feeling when they think mm-hmm. that they're having an encounter and, and they're just like, Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The being watched and I am not welcome here and I should scoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. It reminded me actually of a, a story. You guys probably know it. I think it was out in West Virginia. Uh, this first date, this, this guy and girl went on the river there and somehow the rapids got real bad and they were thrown in the water and she was getting pulled down and he caught up to her and like threw her up onto a rock to like save her. And he crawls up on the rock after her and then this big splash in the water next to him draws his attention up to the bank and he sees what he describes as a gigantic massive sasquatch with picking up another rock and it looks mad real mad he thinks he think he talks about it later that it was it thought that it was trying he was trying to hurt her the the woman when he tossed her up on the rock mm-hmm. and so he like thinking quickly you know the thing in the background is like raising the rock and thinking quickly he's like hug me hug me real quick and she does and then it dropped the rock and and walked away mm-hmm. but <laughs> just the throwing yeah. in the rock the whole experience but yeah um that's interesting that's yeah. interesting i don't yeah. think though that if you ask me i don't think the bigfoot cared or not whether he was speaking <laughs> Because they just don't want us around. They don't want was, anything to do with us, yeah. right? It was a, uh, and I haven't looked into it. I was, I, there was a report where someone thought where someone was saved. He saw a baby. He he claims he saw a baby one, a, a Sasquatch. I just saw that. I was just listening to this the other day, and um, he picked it up because it was because there's a cougar wanting to attack it, and he picked it up to save it, and he had it in his arms. And again, I don't know how valid this story is, but then the then he hears noises in the background, and the, uh, I guess the mother Sasquatch came through, and and she was appreciative of him because mm. he saved the baby, and she took the baby from him and and comforted the the I don't know if he, I think it was a hunter, I'm not sure, but I got to do some more research. But yeah, yeah, there's some some fascinating stories out there. Again, we don't know. I mean, all the evidence out there is. Um, you know, they hear the sounds, they see the rocks, they unless you see the actual creature throwing the rocks or you don't see that you see the creature making the sounds it's tough to you know put them to 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 who knows it could be another creature out there doing it but that we don't even know exists but yeah so it's definitely interesting now i think the ones that get me are the um the multi-person daytime sightings could because how are you going to get you know i think todd prescott was saying on on how how are you going to get five people to to tell the same story if it didn't really happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones that really get me. Yeah. I, I, those get me as well. I think on, on this side of the paranormal and we're talking about, you know, ghosts and, and, and just strange liminal things, oddness that that's happening that is spiritual. Um, there are plenty more than enough stories to go around of multiple witnesses experiencing exactly the same thing, telling the exact same story. It's like, how, how is that not convincing to you? How is that not so compelling? 
Hello, my name is Jordan Klein, and I am the host of Fireside Paranormal Podcast. If you're into ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, the unknown, then pull up a chair and join me by the fire as we hear real stories from real people. Each episode, I interview paranormal investigators, authors, experts, and legends in their field. Here at Fireside Paranormal Podcast, we have something for everyone. If you're an experienced researcher or if you're just getting into it, we have a spot for you. We're found anywhere you listen to podcasts. So grab your friends, tune in, and remember, don't be afraid, only believe. I've heard you talk about this a couple of times. You ask questions about it. I, I've seen it online. You're very uh, into the history of Bigfoot. And I was just curious, answer this however you want, because it's not really a well-formed question here, but I was curious, what what is the significance of understanding the history, knowing the history of Bigfoot to this phenomenon, to understanding it now? I think that's a better question for you. Okay. Yeah, because he's so obsessed, girl. Mm -hmm. That's so, all he wants to talk oh, about. Well, so it's 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 going to be a multi-part, and I'll try to make a quick answer for no, you. No, no, no. Please take your me. time, Tim. Um, I think if you go back to Native uh, First Nation and Native American lore is probably where it starts. Every single – and Kathy Strain wrote a book about this um, – Giants, Cannibals, and Monsters, I think the name of her book is. Mm -hmm. I sh should know it. Sorry, Kathy. Um, I think that is the title. Mm -hmm. So um, every single uh, tribe has ha references a hairy creature. They have a different name for it. They all have a they they all reference it in their in their lore and their history. And and some of what we hear is all the other animals that they they describe. Well, some describe them as animals, some des describe them as another tribe of people. Uh, and they, um, they all have a name or a different name, a different theory on them. But, but when it comes to the animals, if you look at their history and, and there's these things called pictographs that they have found in caves and all the other animals are real animals. They're, they're coyotes or, or eagles. And then there's this other thing. And so they're, they're like, well, everything else they depict is a real creature. So, and here's this big hairy thing. Uh, on, on two legs. So I think that's where it starts. I think from the historical standpoint is, okay, there, there's, there's actually a, a historical reference to this from going way, it could be thousands of years for all we know. Um, and so, so just to interrupt you real quick. So that's the historical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but if you go back to science, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, Mm -hmm. probably not even that long ago because we still some of us still have neanderthal dna right. that will come up in a lot of these mm -hmm. dna tests that we're doing we there was a time where we you know the you know homo sapiens coexisted with other hominids mm -hmm. right um right. so it wasn't ju just like we were only on the earth so and that's just what we have fossil evidence of and we have evolved to where we are right now. So who's to say that one of these other hominids didn't evolve into a Sasquatch that we haven't yet discovered? Mm -hmm. And when I say discovered, I mean, we don't have a live one or a dead right. one, right. but we do have other evidence. So mm -hmm. there's a very strong possibility that in certain pockets of North America, as in other parts of the world, there are still some individuals that 
are still exist. We're, we're discovering new things all the time, mm-hmm. new things. And like, I, you know, I always bring this up a lot, but there was recently, maybe about four or five years ago mm-hmm. um, in Corsica, which is, um, I think it's part of France, actually, it used to be part of Italy. Um, so it's, it's, if you're looking at Italy, and you go to the left, um, in the Tyrrhenian Sea, there is an island called Corsica. And lore and legend has always been talking about this thing called uh, Jatu Volpe, which basically means a wolf cat. And, you know, there were a lot of legend about this thing existing, blah, blah, blah. Basically, it's like a big cat. So it could almost look like a domestic cat, but it's bigger and it's got like a funky kind of different tail. Like mm-hmm. a bobcat, maybe. Yeah. Um, But yeah. a bobcat has no tail. Right. But yeah, like maybe about the size of a bobcat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everybody's talking about it. it's a tiny island girl. Like we're talking Corsica is not big. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't even know. It might be like the size of Puerto Rico, maybe, if I had to like envision, maybe even smaller. And okay, so guess what happens? One of these things got caught in a chicken coop. Oh. And they got one. Okay. okay. And then they were like, okay, this thing is real. Mm-hmm. This is not a legend, folklore. It's a real thing. Recently just happened in Papua New Guinea as well. Some type of pheasant that they thought mm-hmm. was extinct. People heard them. People saw them. They sent out some biologists, set up some trail cams. Boom. So mm-hmm. these things happen all the time. Yeah. So who's yep. to say, I mean, how many acres of land in North America are uninhabited? I think it's obnoxious. I, I think 60% of North America is not inhabited. I th- yeah, right. I think it might even be more than yeah. that. Yeah. So So yeah. that's where my hit, my, he's more into like the history of humans documenting, documenting and writing about them. And that is so important too. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of physical evidence that shows that there, there were different types of hominids. And and then because the, the term Bigfoot wasn't coined until the uh, 50s, and then the term Sasquatch was coined in, in Canada in 1929, there's there's newspaper articles that go back you know, that, that call them different things. And, mm-hmm. and so you can pull up, there's some people just focus on that and there's the hairy man or the wild man and there's there's you know yes, man. european newspapers you know from when settlers came over you know from from the last few hundred years so there's there's documentation there and then uh you know and then i guess the third part of the history that i always you know we had the big push i guess in the 50s is when people really started there were some famous researchers that really got into this before the the patterson gimlin film that we talked about earlier was filmed in 1967 it started in the fifties and they, um, and then it's important to understand the, you know, you know, where it was just so you know, what's work's been done, how they approached it. And it, it really, it, it morphed of where we are today with the subject. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's really important to understand the history, whether you, you know, I think what happened with a lot of the early researchers, they don't have the data we have now. They don't know what we have now. So some of the thing may seem antiquated if you read some of the old historical reports, but they were only going with what they had. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have all the scientific, they didn't have drones. They didn't have trail cams. They didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. So I think now we just know more. Uh, so it's, it's, I think it's just important to know, you know, where it started uh, and and how it got to where it is today. 
Yeah, you know, something uh, kind of fun, historical wise that I learned. I don't know if you can see it in the background. I saw right the, uh, yeah, I pointed it out when you, we first got on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I had never thought about this before, but that that is an iconic shape there. That is, I, I just learned this, I just watched it on a video. That is the shape, that, that frame that they always cut to the Patterson Gimlin film mm -hmm. where it's walking, that's got that stride and it's swinging its arms and it's looking at you. Mm -hmm. That iconic shape. And I just never thought about it before. I was like, oh my God, that that is everywhere. I see that everywhere. I see that and I immediately know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, as as for the Patterson Gimlin film, we I don't think we can do this interview without talking about it a bit. Why? Uh, I have seen it. Yes, everybody has seen it. Why is that film, which as far as I understand it, has not been debunked yet, not officially. Right. Why is it so convincing? What is it about that footage? Um, well, I think first it's a minute long. So it's 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 no one else has gotten any footage for that long. Um, the history behind it. Um, and there's still people who will go back and forth on it. And 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 I think even I sometimes I look at it like is that really? <laughs> but so so the history of it, you know, these are two cowboys that um, that that took this film. And yes, the the one Roger Patterson, that's why they were in the woods. They were filming a documentary about Bigfoot, so they were actually looking for it. But the reason they were in the woods is because there were sightings and they had been there previously and tracks were cast. And so they were in an area that was having reports. So the chances were up were, were more likely. Um, the film was, again, a, a minute long. I think that's one of the things. And then when you when you look at it, I mean, some people look at it and say, oh, that's just a person in a suit. And there's times that I've looked at it and say, your first glance, I remember when I very first looked at it, even when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, look at that guy in the suit. Run. But when you really get into it, uh, it number one, it's a female because there's breasts and then there's there's muscle movement. And then when so when you look at it, when you talk to a, a lot of the specialists and I think it was um, I guess it was Bill Munns who worked on Planet of the Apes. I think it was Bill Munns. Mm -hmm. And 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 they had a conversation about this. So for 1967, to, for someone to fabricate a a costume you know and these are just two guys two cowboys so there wasn't a big production crew um the the chances of them fabricating this costume and filming it with no funds or even limited funds or it's just a shot in the dark that this could be fake and, there's, and then, yeah know, there's the, no way that that the muscle flexing um there's i mean the the best thing that you can do is probably hear Dr. Jeff explain mm -hmm. why he believes that the Patterson Gimlin film is real. And then he mm -hmm. found footprints. Right. They also found footprints after, but it's the way that it's walking. People can't walk like that. Yeah. They yeah. can't walk like that. They have like dissected that film. There's no way in 1967 that somebody could have, I mean, we, we were, we were born in the early seventies. And, you know, we grew up with like Star Wars coming out in the mm -hmm. in the, la the latter part of the decade. And I mean, even those costumes weren't, uh, I mean, really, right. they just weren't, they just, how are they going to get, you know, who did, who did There's... the special effects? Was it Steven Spielberg or George Lucas? Who was it that well, did the special effects for Star Wars? Well, that's George Lucas, right? They're not going to, they're not going to get somebody <laughs> to do a Bigfoot costume uh, 10 years before that, that walking through the woods. Mm -hmm. So it still remains, I think the best documented film of an actual Bigfoot. 
I mean, there's been people come out. There's definitely been been some people said one guy said he uh, he he made the suit and sold it to somebody. Then there's a gentleman named Bob Hieronymus, which was friend. He was friends with Bob Gimlin and Roger Patterson, and he said it was him in a suit, and he was a tall guy. And so there's definitely some some skeptics out there, but it's just hard to to say that. How do you? It's just a lot going on with that. And you know, and and now that we're into that yeah. that that discussion, you know, because this is just something that has you know, like when you delve into this whole subject, other things just kind of pop up for you, you know, um, the possibility that the government is trying to su suppress the mm -hmm. fact that you know there's a lot of uh, witnesses um, who are saying that you know the government knows they exist, um, but for other, you know, certain reasons, they don't want it to become known that we have uh, uh, an eight foot tall uh, bipedal uh, species that lives in North America. Mm -hmm. um, and for a, a lot of people have different reasons mm -hmm. for why they think that might not be uh, something that the government wants us to know about. Um, some of it could be uh, forestation. What is it? Forestation? Mm -hmm. um, you know, well, protected do people want to be wandering around hiking if we know that there is an eight foot you know 500 pound bipedal animal that could rip your head off right. in an instant right um or what was the other what were some of the other ideas people had of why maybe the government would want to suppress this i mean there's so many different yeah I mean, i'm sure kristen hears them too with all the with with anything when it comes to to Uf ufos yeah yeah sure. right right paranormal you know i think uh you know it, are the government you know have they been testing them have they been you know there's just all kinds of different right weird but some that, researchers yeah. actually believe that the sasquatch is better off being a secret being something that people don't believe exists oh, because if okay. all of a sudden we found a, a dead one or a live one mm -hmm everybody would be out in the woods looking for these things and yeah. taunting them. And, yeah. you know, like uh, they just, they want to be, they want to be left alone. I mean, like if you think of, even if you go back to Jane Goodall, you know, she is the um, researcher who um, made a, a close contact with the silverback gorillas. Mm -hmm. And it took her a long time to gain their trust and, and research them and get to know them and i don't even think that they were officially known in the to, area to the 19 oh in that area i'm not sure yeah i mean so you know it, for me it's just incredible that that we live in a country where we have something so gigantic living mm -hmm. among us mm -hmm. um so i think and a, and a lot of times if you i think people who uh live in more urban areas they forget that if you walk out in the woods, there are bears that are are six hundred pounds, and there's there's mountain lions, and and you they're walking around free. You know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I think we forget mm -hmm. how 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 you know how we still have some wild some na nature out there. That's, well, yeah, yeah, and you can't reason with them. So if you come across <laughs> like a mountain lion, and you know you're running down the road, and all of a sudden the mama mountain lion jumps out. I'm sure we've Ooh. all seen that video of that oh, runner who's yeah. like backing oh, up, and yeah, he's like no. No, there's back. no reasoning. You can't talk your way out of that, honey, because mm -hmm. she don't care. That is just and pure drive. Exactly. So there's tons of, I mean, he probably ran down that road every day for God knows how long. And then all of a sudden, guess what? We live in a wild world. Do you yeah. know, we live yeah. in a wild world with lots of unknown yeah. things going on. Now, on, on that note, what are your guys's personal opinion about 
Bigfoot. What what are we talking about here? Is are you of the belief that it is in an ape like creature? You know, a primate. Is it is? Are you more of the mind that it's there is something kind of magical, uh, interdimensional about it? You know, we have not found a body. We don't have the bones. That kind of stuff. We don't have that mm-hmm. that hard evidence of of the actual body being there. Like how? What do you guys think about it? I think we both feel the same way. Wouldn't you say? I think so. Yeah, we're both very much on the on the idea that okay, so when do we find bare bones? Yeah. I don't oh. think. I think if you really look into it, I don't think we find a lot of bare bones or mountain lion bones. Um, you know, Tim and we live. We have woods right behind our house, and you know, there you know there are times where we're walking back there every single day. Mm-hmm. Same path, walking through. There's plenty of wildlife out there. You know, we live in Southern Delaware. We don't have any large predators. I think our largest predator is coyotes, mm-hmm. which we definitely have back there. We have finally found, like maybe after eight years of walking back there, we finally found bones a of, ra- and of was, a raccoon. And that was a raccoon that yeah, we had we, a raccoon it was sick in the driveway that showed up, and we wonder where it came from. And then it went off, and it ran showed. into the woods, and it probably died right there. But I mean. When do you ever find bones of any animal? True. Yeah. I mean, well, our cats do. Oh my god, our, our cats, cats are nightmares. Yeah, yeah we. <laughs> that's a whole other story, but yeah. no. But seriously, so the the whole finding bones or finding whatever, but I I definitely think that, like like Doctor Jeff said, something's making these footprints, and they can tell by footprints how tall, how much it weighs, how 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 far the gate is of this thing that's walking. Um, And from hearing people's eyewitness stories firsthand, and we've heard people's stories firsthand who don't want to share it with the public because they're afraid of ridicule. Right, right. Because we're like, oh my gosh, we'd love to have you on our podcast. And they're like, no, sorry. (laughs) So who does that? Okay, so I believe that this thing, these things exist. Um, I don't, I'm open to listening to the fact that there there might be a paranormal angle to it. I'm I'm because I'm very open minded, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. Like UFOs are UFOs, and that's cool, and totally believe that that's a, that's a situation that we have here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that UFOs. The only reason I could see UFOs and Bigfoots maybe like um, connecting in any way would be the fact that I have this belief as well as Doctor Jeff. Because yeah. we got this at the end of the podcast, well, was that well, I don't my question to Doctor Jeff? It. Let's let's not get my dip, question Dr. to Doctor Jeff was: <laughs> Why are human beings the so far more intelligent than the rest of the species of animals on this planet? Mm-hmm. Doctor Jeff said, whether it's something otherworldly whether it's divine you know from god divinity from god or something else otherworldly that's like so here's my thought process maybe bigfoot what is kind of what we were supposed to be before aliens crossbred with them and created us oh okay i know okay no i, I know girl good, that's I out love there a good theory i love it okay so maybe if we got one and they did some, you know, examination or testing or whatever, they would find that like, I mean, like other primates, we have a lot of DNA that we share. So who knows if the Sasquatch is the missing link to maybe we would have stayed like a Sasquatch had we not interbred with aliens. Now, now everybody's like, whoa, Dana's like really <laughs> out there. 
<laughs> but it well, how does that explain we're so far intelligent than any other species? So that's the only way that I go with like paranormal or I don't even do we put UFOs in paranormal subject? Well, or? I guess technically anything not normal is paranormal. Oh, right. Okay, so, okay. Right, right. So right. It could be yeah, uh, okay. Bigfoot in that in that sense, if it's not norm, it's yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm same thing. I'm more biological. I I'm hey, if if something weird happens and it's there's there's evidence behind it, I'm all cool with it. It could be mm-hmm. we we do get occasionally you hear people talk about they, you know, when there's, there's Bigfoot or Sasquatch activity there, they see orbs or lights. So we do hear that some, mm-hmm. I mean, not as much as the other types of sightings, but uh, so, Hey, you know what? I, again, I, I'm more of a, a flesh and blood biological uh, thinking, but yeah, if, if it is something else, Hey, that's as long as we find, understand what's going on, <laughs> it's cool to me, you know? <laughs> All right. All right. God, this has just been so intriguing to talk to you guys. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, and girl, you are so good, by the way. Oh, like, thank really, you. Like, thank you're you. awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You guys as well. I, I'm just mm-hmm. really enjoying your show and I'm, I'm binge listening right now. So I'm almost done. So you guys got to make more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here near the end, I, I uh, have some final questions for you. Okay. As I told you, I might. And then uh, we'll, we'll close it up and, and uh, let you guys get on with your day. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess just whoever wants to answer these, just a, a few of them for you. So first question I got. Um, <laughs> everybody looks look. at Tim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there, uh, of course, is this negative connotation to Bigfoot and those types of encounters. For instance, um, you know, where I used to live in New Orleans, we had the Honey Island uh, Swamp Monster they call him mm-hmm. a monster. And, and you know, there's all these other things. Like you hear stories like like the rock throwing, like there's this aggressive aspect to it. Um, what you guys said today, the infrasound, you know, predators use that, you know, is it a predator? So I'm just curious, do you think there is any reason for us to fear? I mean, I think if if it's an animal, a primate, you you always have to fear and you've got to fear humans out there. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it's more like I feel like if we have to to kind of like compare a Sasquatch to something that we know and we feel familiar with, I would compare it to a silverback gorilla. You know, like they say that, you know, it the, the, if the male feels threatened, it'll come charging towards you, you know, um, but if you cower and lower your eyes, it won't hurt you. My, 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 my feeling is that they're powerful and big because they're killing large prey they're they're killing Mm -hmm. deer um you know because obviously in order to be um that big and powerful um they would probably need to be eating some meat um so i don't i think if we if we respected them just like we would respect any other large omnivore bear like a bear as well i don't i don't think an attack would be something uh 100 that that would definitely happen i think it would only happen if it felt threatened or starving. I don't yeah. think it would eat people. <laughs> I don't, never know. I don't think we yeah. taste good, dude. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, I I don't wonder if there's this other level to it that, that we should take into consideration because um, from most of the stories I have heard, there is this sense of intelligence, not animal mm-hmm. intelligence, uh, un- intelligence we would understand. So mm-hmm. I don't know, just another layer to it. Something yeah, to consider. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Uh, next question. 
whether you are buying into it or not, just go with it here. Uh, what is the craziest theory you have ever heard? Gosh. Um, the craziest theory about Bigfoot. Yeah. Whether you love it or you're just like, oh, that is such hogwash. Craziest theory about him. Well, there are some people who 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 talk to them, but that's not a theory. Um, right. I mean, a theory would be that they came, you know, I don't know. I guess a theory would be. Yeah, I, um, I and this just could be my lack of understanding of quantum physics. Right. Yeah. Um, and that that's probably a huge thing um, is I find it hard. I do find that hard to understand that they are. Um, disappearing yeah. through portals and going to different dimensions. Um, but again, that could just completely lie in the in the, in the fact yeah. that I don't know much about me it. too. Because yeah. what else could be doing that then? If why would that just be the only thing? Because right. yeah, because if it's if, if it's at a different frequency and can go in and out of our dimension and still leaving physical evidence behind, um, what else is doing that? Like that might be the, the, right. the one that really makes it makes it tough for us to understand okay right. okay mm -hmm. all right and uh final question for you mm -hmm. um asking as someone like this for someone who is not familiar with the subject but is curious to begin their own education where do you recommend they start i the <laughs> <laughs> <Good> book <No. laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, that's definitely something you want to get into yeah. for sure. Um, but I would recommend, I think the easiest thing to do would be to start watching some documentaries. I think the best documentary that you could mm -hmm. probably watch, wouldn't you say it would be... Um, Sasquatch Legend Meets Science. Yeah, and that's, yeah. A, that's um, Dr. Jeff is in there. And also Pro produced by Doug Hycheck, who's the publisher of the book and our also our the producer podcast, of our, our podcast. So. Yeah. And Doug is the coolest dude ever. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say start walking, watching some documentaries and like legit documentaries, like be careful on YouTube, because just like with anything else, not like we're not cool because we're on YouTube, too, but <laughs> just like you can get sucked down like a crazy rabbit hole of like my friend at work is like you know, she knows that I'm all into Bigfoot and she's like, shows me something on TikTok. Look, Dana, he's got a dead one. I'm like, girl, <gasps> that's not real, girl. No, look at it. I'm like, no, Therese, that's not real, girl. That is not real. So be careful what you're looking into. But I would definitely say it's so easy to watch a documentary, sit on the couch one night, get some popcorn and just start watching. And then get some, some of the old books that, that were, you know, from the, you know, John Green, um, Ivan T. Sanderson, uh, and just there's some authors out there. Lauren Coleman has some really great books, mm -hmm. and just to get an understanding of uh, of of it, um, of the subject and and the history of it. Because even if you don't believe it, even if you read some of these books and then go on later uh, and and don't agree with it, but it, it gives you a foundation, so you get an understanding. Uh, Christopher Murphy had a one of a, one of the, a really good book. Mm -hmm. um, there's just a bunch of I could go on and on and on. I got a bunch a list of them and in then, my and book. Then, oh yeah, get Tim's book. Do because once you yes. get all into it, if you get Tim's book, which is really cool, because you've got all the people in here who are doing things, doing the research, so you get to know them. You get to know what they're doing, what area that they're in, and so that's. Mm -hmm. That's I, I wouldn't necessarily this is a good place to start, 
though I think you could throw it in at any mm -hmm. point of your Bigfoot journey. Um, but I, I think it's great because there's so many people doing so many things in our, just in North America alone, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. not even talking about Australia and Russia and, everywhere. um, everywhere really. Florida is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Worldwide phenomenon. Okay. Well, where would you like to send folks to, uh, find and follow you and to buy the fabulous book? Well, I would start with our website. If yeah. you go to the bigfootinfluencers.com. Um, you can find our podcast. Uh, this one will be up. We'll make sure I'll make sure I get this up once you air it. So uh, our podcast, you can find, um, on YouTube as you know, just to see vi visually kind of like what we're doing right now. It's on the untold radio network. So we, um, are throwing out our weekly podcast on Sunday nights. Are we still doing seven o'clock? Mm -hmm. Six thirty seven. Six thirty. We try to keep it to an hour. Um, though it's hard and then you can comment and, and we're always in there on the commenting, it, you know, it's typically pre-recorded, but yep. we, we go in there live and we try to get our guests live so we can answer questions uh, that way. Yep. And then on the website, you can find the book. Uh, you can, if you want to, if you want to support small business, uh, there's, there's places you can buy the book. You can go on the, uh, can go onto uh, the bigfootinfluencers.com. And you can get the book at the International Cryptozoology Museum. You can get it at uh, North American Bigfoot Center. That's in Oregon. In Oregon. That's Cliff's Museum. Can, but all they all have online stores. Yep. Um, SasquatchTheLegend.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also find it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on all the, if, if you Google search it, you can find it on, an, on any of the major Barnes & Noble, you know, Walmart, any of the major uh, bookstores as well. Yep. Or you can, and you'll also see us a lot of times at some mm -hmm. of the Bigfoot conferences that are throughout the country. Um, actually, in one month, we'll be back in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So we'll be at the Ohio Big Bigfoot Conference, which I think, in my opinion, is probably one of my favorite conferences. Um, this year, uh, Cliff will be there, Cliff Barrickman, uh, Renee, Renee Holland from the Finding Bigfoot. Um, oh, Mark, wait, is Mark going to be there? Mark Marcel? No, 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 I thought Mark was. Um, but a lot of great speakers and we'll be there. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm actually emceeing it. This Tim's going to so. be the MC at the event. No kidding. Uh -huh. oh, I'm going to be stuck at the yeah. booth selling his book. <laughs> 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 but having a great time yeah. and chit-chatting yeah. with everybody. Yeah. So that's another place where you can find us. But you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. And then we're also doing like a separate YouTube channel, um, which is kind of like our thing that you can see yeah. here in the background out of the woods. Uh, with Tim and Dana, um, you know, we're building up some videos right now where I'm even doing like a little thing called eat like a squatch. So I'm going to be doing like little mini episodes of cooking with ingredients that a large omnivore would probably be eating out in nature. Okay. Um, so I'll be making my famous Sasquatch salad. Um, and so we just have so much content that yeah. we can't get it all in our weekly episode. So, so we're, we're gonna just going to throw bonus, it on there. Some bonus things. And, you know, we're going to interview, you know, hopefully we'll get you on there. We're, I'm going to interview people <laughs> in the media and podcasters. <laughs> sure. and things like that, so. <laughs> oh, yep. my gosh. You guys are my heroes. You are doing so much. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, to uh, take us out, would you like to leave us with any final thoughts or words of wisdom? Well, uh, wisdom's tough with me because I don't know if I have any now. Yes, you <laughs> I just, you know what we, we, you know, I, I would say be open-minded. Um, you know, if you believe in something, follow it, uh, you know, rule out anything that it can't be and don't, don't give up on it. And, mm -hmm. um, and we, um, 
we we do this because we we enjoy it we, love we do it. we have fun together and we we love people we just mm-hmm. what drives us is we we're interested and fascinated with people and love learning about them and and humbled by it it's yeah. really, really cool what we do so yes yeah, so i would definitely say the same thing keep your mind open and realize that there's so much going on outside of your little bubble Mm-hmm. there's so much going on there's good stuff and there's bad stuff maybe try to focus on the good stuff the exciting stuff you know the new adventures the new journeys the new discoveries and so i would definitely say keep your mind open tim and dana halloran of the bigfoot influencers this was so much fun you guys thank you so, so much. much fun for us too you thank, amazing, you. Kristen. thank you you were awesome girl you rocked it Thank you to Tim and Dana for joining me on the show. Just an excellent conversation. I had so much fun with you guys, and I cannot wait for next time. Please check out the links I have below to find out more about my guests, to listen to their show, and find where you can pick up a copy of their book. And of course, I have all of the links for this show included below as well, to the socials, the website, YouTube, email, Patreon. If you wish to support the Paranorm Girl podcast, I've made it very easy for you to do so. Let's connect at Paranorm Girl Pod on all socials. Paranorm Girl Pod at gmail.com is the email. <laughs> I had to think there. <laughs> um, and Patreon. Oh, I recently posted a video exclusively for my patrons. It's nowhere else uh, because I wanted their thoughts and their feedback on something strange that I caught on video in my studio last week, last week's episode. And it, it's not crazy spooky or anything like that, but it is weird. It's it's weird just. <laughs> I didn't even notice it until I went to post the video and I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> so I cut that clip out, slowed it down and posted it for my patrons and uh, I have received some feedback already, um, always with the good info, Dave, always. And I really appreciate your thoughts as to what you thought it could have been. For anyone else who wishes to support the show in this way, I look forward to hearing your thoughts as well. That is a wrap on today's show. My guest next week has appeared live on BBC Radio Leeds, as well as Most Haunted's Yvette Fielding's podcast, Paranormal Activity, to discuss her experiences living in what is thought to be one of the most haunted houses in Leeds. She has published a story about her time there and about the decades of profound experiences and downright bizarre situations that ultimately thrust her unexpectedly into the realms of the paranormal. The book is called A True Story, and my guest is author Anne Bateson. Don't miss it. All for now. See you guys in a week. Stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.